Welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Jeffrey. And I'm Eleni. And today we're going to be discussing uh, Season 1, Episode 2, which is called The Lorelai's First Day at Chilton. Um, but first, Eleni has a special story she wants to share that I've yet to hear. You heard some. I've heard some. I've heard, like, the rumblings. I haven't heard the full story. Yeah, so um, Jeffrey it was kind enough when I asked him uh, if I could vent a little bit, was kind enough to say yes. Um, so just to give you guys some context, we're, I think, maybe 10 days, 10 or 11 days after the Game of Thrones series finale. And before you all freak out, oh my God, spoilers. No, we don't watch Game of Thrones, okay? No, neither no. of us do. No, we don't watch Game of Thrones. You've never watched Game of Thrones, right? No, I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, so I watched, I think, the first season um, after it finished, and I couldn't get into it. And then I took a lot of shit for not watching Game of Thrones, so I tried yeah. again. Uh, and once again, it didn't work for me, so I just stopped. Um, yeah. So that's our context. Uh, we're 11 days after that. And I took a little bit of shit, Jeffrey, for um, an Instagram post that I did. <laughs> yes she posted something on her Insta- she posted like a like a blank screen on her instagram story and then wrote um a little bit of a rant yeah about- so i have it here i took screenshots so i wouldn't forget um basically it was three instagram stories uh the first one said to everyone who watches game of thrones dot 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 second one said i hope all your favorite characters die and you're left unsatisfied with the ending and the third one said kindly stop talking about it forever k thanks bye with a gif of a lady um, waving very sassily. Yes, and all was in big block letters, so it yes, was very, right. it was very yes. aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I want to give you context because you haven't heard this, but I want to give you context into why um, why I did that post. So that Sunday, uh, no, sorry, was it Saturday? It was Friday, sorry. On Friday, I was working. And a little bit more context, I'm a public librarian. So um, it's kind of my job to know, like, the latest books, the latest series, whatever. So um, I was at the desk serving someone. And I had a man come up to the desk. And he said, hey, do you guys have the Winds of Winter book? Mm. And I was like, oh, is that the, the next book in the Game of Thrones series? Uh, because the name was the title was familiar to me. Yeah. And, it was, and yeah, very snootily said, um, it's called A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> oh my God. So um, I call it Game of Thrones because normally the people that come in looking for the books only want to read the books because they have seen the show and they want to read the books for a little bit more context. So I was like, yes, yes, you're right. Song of Ice and Fire, whatever. So already I was not having a good time with this man. Right. Isn't that because like the the, the, the name of the book series is, is, isn't Game of Thrones? Like the first book is called no, a, a Game of Thrones. Of book, yeah. The name of the book series is Song of Ice and Fire. And it's also the first, uh, the name of the first book. Right. So, um, and the Game of Thrones, I think, is the third book. Okay. So you already know. see, I have no idea. I- <laughs> exactly. But anyways, so uh, already I was like not in the mood for this man Mm. so then I remembered that I was like I think I would have heard like as a librarian I think I would have heard if the new Game of Thrones book was out you know yeah definitely so I was like I don't think that's out sir let me double check so I did a little bit of googling 
and I read him the quote that said, um, new Game of Thrones book is currently being written. Right. Um, not, uh, like, not out yet. So I read it to him. He's like, oh, it's probably because they're too busy ruining the show. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I was done, you know? I feel like I did know that isn't, like, I feel like there was some sort of, like, uh, rumors or, you know, articles about how the author of the book, like, has been taking, like, 10 years to finish the last book or something, like, I'm probably probably getting all the specifics wrong, but, like, I think I did, I think I did know, like, the, like, the last book is, has been, like, a work in progress for a very long time. Yeah, so it was supposed to come out, um, originally 2018, I think, and then it got pushed back, and then they said April 2019, and then as of March 2019, they're like, oh, he's making good progress, but, like, nowhere near being done, you know? Yeah. So anyways, so he says to me, oh, that comment about, oh, it's probably because they're too busy ruining the show. And at this point, I don't know what to say because I don't watch the fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I didn't say anything. And I just said, is there anything else I can help you with? And he says to me, "Uh, do you have any theories about what's going to happen on the final episode? Oh, boy. I'm just like, because everyone watches Game of Thrones, right? Clearly, everybody. And I'm like, no, sir, I actually don't watch Game of Thrones. And, oh, my God, the look that he gave me. Like, I grew a second head. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was just, like, it was just a look of, I I can't even describe it other than, like, pure disgust. Yeah, I'm I'm getting a picture, but I'm I'm sure I would not be able to envision it. Anyway, so then, like, luckily his wife and his son came back from the back, and he was like, I was like, have a nice day and whatever. So I was, I was like, fuck off. I was annoyed, okay, because... Um, you know, I've taken shit beforehand for not watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I have a family member that is constantly giving me shit for not watching Game of Thrones. And it's one thing to ask, like, oh, you don't watch the show? Like, why not? And when I tell you, you know, when I tell you I just did, never got into it, mm-hmm. just accept that as my answer. Yeah. Not like, like, but why? Yeah. Let's delve deeper into this. Like, no, fuck. I just don't like it. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely like the television equivalent of like that one thing that everybody loves. And like you have, and like, it's, you know, the the diehard fans think it's like pure art. So you have to, like, everyone has to love it. And if you don't love it, like you're a snob or, you know, you hate happiness or like something, something ridiculous. And um, I like I haven't experienced that harsh of judgment for not watching Game of Thrones. Um, like You're people, lucky. Have asked, yeah, clearly I am <laughs> because people like people have asked me like, oh, do you watch it? And then I'll say no, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, you have to, blah blah blah. And I'll be like, yeah, mm, yeah maybe. I so, like depending on the person or the conversation, I might say, yeah, probably not. Cause it doesn't really sound like something I, I would enjoy. Like it just doesn't. This is just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, nine times out of ten, it's been like, oh, you have to watch it. And I'd be like, mm, okay, yeah, maybe. And then no. that's the end of the conversation. So yeah. I guess I, I'm probably lucky in, with Game of Thrones. But the way, that pe- the way that people, like, don't accept no for an answer when you say you don't watch Game of Thrones mm-hmm. reminds me very much of when you say you don't like Beyonce. And the, yeah. entire, the entire living world is, like... Every, like is the collective gasp around the yeah, universe. Like a collective gasp, like meaning, oh, you if you don't like Beyonce, you are apparently racist. You hate women. You hate feminism. You hate you hate the entire free living world. Apparently, basically, like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a good equivalent to make, I think. 
Because I, mean, I don't think I've ever experienced like in person, um, like someone judging me for not liking Beyonce, but like on the internet, if you ever like well, it's a thing on the internet. Like I don't like I think it's because like Beyonce has been like embraced by a lot of mainstream like media as just the face of like current uh, like 21st century feminism and girl power and et cetera. And, you know, that's probably, that, that's great if you like her and I'm, you know, it's probably problematic in some way to, you know, put her on such a pedestal because I do think she's a bit of a diva, but again, story you know, for another day. lost the one fan that we have. <laughs> yeah. Story for another day. But, um, like I, it's just, I don't understand the, why people just, it, it, you know, like the, there's a whole, there's a whole pressure around, you know, let people enjoy things. Yeah. Okay, so let people enjoy things at the same time, let people not enjoy things for whatever reason they like, okay. Like if someone hates Beyonce because they hate, like they're racist or they hate, or they hate women, I, that's not me. But like, if someone else was hated Beyonce for those reasons, like that's obviously wrong, but like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to stand there and try to convince someone that yeah, but I think you're wrong. I think in the case of Beyonce, it's we're going so off topic, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. I love the conversation. Uh, I think in the case of Beyonce, if somebody just doesn't like Beyonce because they're racist, I think that's stupid. You're ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Like Beyonce sure. because that's not your type of music. Mm. Like, okay, it's just not my type of music. <laughs> like, let's yeah. move on. You know what I mean? Like I, like I just don't, you know, I've never really, I've just, I've just never liked Beyonce. Like it's, yeah. I'm not, like I'm not a huge R&B person. Like, okay, I liked a bit of Destiny's Child. I like, and I've liked a few, uh, like, odd Beyonce songs over the years. But like as a whole, I would not describe myself as a fan of hers. And especially now, where it's like, ev- like if everyone loves Beyonce, and if you don't love Beyonce, you're a fool. Like, oh, okay, well that, that's definitely not gonna, be, not gonna make me like her more. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but. Anyways, the reason this bothered me so much is because um, that post that I made was a reaction um, to the guy. Mm-hmm. And also because I wanted um, I wanted one of my family, the family member that, that always gives me shit, I wanted her to kind of see it. Um, but other Oops. than that, like, it was all in good fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it, but, wasn't, it wasn't as bitter. as I'm, It wasn't as bitter as, as it would sound if, like, you did, if no one knew what you were talking about. Like, yeah, obviously. No, for sure. And. But the thing that I was um, not, yeah, maybe I was surprised is that I got, I counted, I counted the number of people that contacted me after this story. Mm -hmm. 11 different people. I was one of them. Uh, Yeah, but (laughs) um, 11 different people, some of which I haven't spoken to in years. Mm, Of course. Contacted me to say, uh, that's rude. Because uh, no, you've probably never seen it from the beginning. Uh, it's because you just don't get it. Uh, like, you know, like shitty comments like that, you know? So my thing was, why does this bother you so much? Mm. Why it does seems- it... Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It seems to me that Game of Thrones and someone not liking Game of Thrones turns everyone into mansplainers. <laughs> oh, God. I like- just... I, I, I couldn't, like... I, I I know it was I am a loss for words, but I was just I was really surprised because um you know these people that I haven't spoken to in years felt so I guess insulted that they needed to like defend their favorite show. Yeah. And I think it's one of those shows where like if someone were to say, for example, because I had a I had another conversation with one of my friends about how um she said to me well how is it different like you're starting you started a Gilmore Girls podcast yeah 
And I was like, well, that's different because we're starting a podcast for people who watch Gilmore Girls or who want to watch Gilmore Girls or who are already like invested in Gilmore Girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So giving me shit for not watching Game of Thrones and ramming Game of Thrones down my neck, down mm-hmm. my throat, sorry, is completely different. No, it's wouldn't very you agree? Different. And I think like I think it's it's I think like the the pressure around, you know, not liking Game of Thrones and the and like the fan the pressure that like other fans put on you to watch it and like it and oh my gosh what's wrong with you if you don't like it like I feel like I, I again I don't really I don't really know anybody like close to me who's like a huge fan of Game of Thrones like maybe it'd be different if I did know someone but like mm. anyone who who I've met it's just it's like it's just, it's always like a, like a certain kind of it's a certain kind of show and a certain kind of like fantasy like genre esque show that like appeals to a large amount of people but at the same time at the same time like just like just like if you don't like fantasy then you're probably not going to like it like I like I I'm not a huge fantasy person like I don't pick up a fantasy book I don't pick I don't usually I wouldn't I wouldn't turn on the tv and watch a fantasy show off the top of my head like that's not that's like just not my cup of tea you know it's just I just want I I was just confused because I I didn't understand like we all have our preferences Mm mm-hmm I don't like Game of Thrones. That's fine. You probably don't like. You don't like Gilmore Girls. I'm just giving an example. That's fine. Yeah. Like, I think, why does I think you like, need to direct message me, yeah. calling me rude? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think like in my at least in my history, like the anger or the defense, like the angry defense that comes from like someone not liking your show, like and probably because like. I'm not going to assume that this is why Game of Thrones fans do this, but like in my in in my experience, it's like usually if someone doesn't like a show that someone else loves, it's more because like that person loves that show because it like it, it resonates with them in 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 like a very close way or like a, you know it got them through a hard time or like something like really close and person close and personal and like a, and like emotional and close to their heart. So it's like I would like in my experience, like I understand like why people would pounce on if they make some sort of passive judgmental comment about something that's close to them but in my like I don't feel like Game of Thrones fans do that if it's like oh I don't watch it why what's wrong with like you know they jump they jump jump immediately from oh I don't watch it to what the hell's wrong with you like it's not like oh that show sucks it's stupid like that character is dumb like those like you know there's nothing really specific about the argument it's just I don't like it you know and and that just causes people but the worst part is that I've explained to people that I tried to watch it. Mm-hmm. I made it through a whole season, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, like especially like you actually tried to watch it. Like, yeah. that's more, like I've never even seen it. Like, and, and and I never planned to, but it's like you actually tried. So that that's, yeah. that that says something. And the thing is, also with Game of Thrones, I find um, the last thing I'll say about this before we move on because I feel like it's taken up a lot of our time. But yeah, you know, I get the, lost. yeah, after the series uh, ended. The next day, everyone was pissed. They didn't like how it ended. Um, I saw things on Instagram of companies offering therapy mm, for boy. people who uh, needed like emotional support. Where was that when Gilmore Girls ended and and it was a terrible finale? Like, where was that? We we like where was that in two thousand seven? No, but like this is too much now. Uh, freaking CNN woke me up with breaking news about Game of Thrones. Uh, like, seriously, is this what we've come to? Yeah, it's it was a bit it was a bit much like if yeah too much. Like the, one of the actors recently said that he was so emotional that he had to check into a wellness center after the series ended. 
I almost wish I knew more about it because it sounds like such a mess that I almost want to like know more know more about it so I can have more of a, an, an informed opinion. No, I, I, no. <laughs> Anyways, so I just wanted to vent a little bit because um, we had good reason to. Yeah, that was it. I just had I had good reason. I was just listen. I was just annoyed. Um, and I think rightfully so. Yes, definitely rightfully so. Okay. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. And I'm sure all of our listeners or future listeners, because I'm sure they're not, they're still non-existent at this point. I'm sure they will all appreciate our rant about Game of Thrones. And listen, if you like Game of Thrones, whoever you are listening, congratulations. Just don't force it down my throat. Don't force any show down my throat. Like, let people enjoy things. And also... Let people not enjoy things because chances are if you are a fan of television, if you are a fan of books, if you are an enthusiast of any form of media, you probably are an an intelligent, somewhat educated person who can make informed decisions about why they don't like something. So exactly. you, you do you. I just want you to accept no as an answer. Yes, exactly. Like You don't like Game of Thrones. I don't like Beyonce. Everyone's still the same. You, you gotta chill with us, okay? Yeah. <laughs> chill. Because uh, people are gonna heal, kill us. <laughs> yeah, probably. We're already dead. It's fine. Done. Podcast done before it even started. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, and that's it. <laughs> so let's dive into the episode. So season one, episode two, called The Lorelai's First Day at Chilton. Um, this episode, we're introduced to different characters, different um, who will eventually become main characters. Yes. So we're introduced to Paris for the first time. And a few other, a few other recurring characters too. I think like um, like yeah. like Kirk, who's not called Kirk, makes. No, Kirk is called first... Mick in this yes. episode. <laughs> but the actor makes his first appearance, I think. Yeah. And he's not the quirky Kirk that we know. No. Not yet, at least. He seems like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. As Mick. Yeah, wasn't it like he he came to, like, um, uh, Emily paid for, like, a DSL line, and he came to install it, and Laurel, yeah. I was like, we're done. Oh, I don't want this. Yeah, the plot of the episode is basically Rory starts her first day at Chilton, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Emily is being super controlling. Yes. Emily shows up to her first day for a meeting with the headmaster. I don't know. Have your grandparents ever shown up to a PTA conference or whatever it is? I think that I think it was like this was like the first the first glimpse we get at Emily's true nature, that her yes. true controlling nature. And it was almost like I'm sure she's like a, she's a controlling person by nature. And honestly, I remember thinking, oh, that's why Laura and I ran away from home. Yeah, exactly. It's like you get it's like it's like when you quit a job and then you, and then you go back and it's like, right, that's why I left. That's why yeah, I never basically. came back here. Because, um, yeah, so like Jeffrey said, Emily ends up buying them like high speed Internet when they already have Internet. And instead of calling her daughter to tell her about it, she just sends the uh, guys to install it. Yeah. Um, she also calls Lorelai and tells her, um, well, I'm going to buy Rory uh, a whole bunch of like uniforms, like pieces for her uniform. I'm going to buy her a parking space, even though she doesn't have a car or a license. Yeah, didn't she want it? Like, she, didn't she say she, she was going to buy her a car? Because she didn't want Because yeah, oh, right. coming up, I'll buy her a car. <laughs> I'll buy her a car. Beca- and then she's like, Lorelai says, oh, well, she, she, it's fine. She needs to take the bus. I, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that drug dealer take the bus. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, lordy lord. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, I think I it was like, like, yeah, go ahead. I feel like um, Emily was a control, like Emily's a controlling person in general, but I feel like when it comes to Lorelai and Rory, she is like, she like, she'll, she'll pounce quicker and she'll like, you know, jump at the chance to be involved or like involve herself like maybe more more than more so than other situations because like she she's been isolated from their lives for so long especially like in the first season like this is the second episode like you can tell this is like the the first time in a very long time she's ever had the chance to be involved in either of their lives at all so it's <laughs> like she's probably well, she's, yeah, I think like, she's trying to make up for lost time for sure you, you can tell she's like she's going too far because of that and like it's, it's it's like it's like setting the stage for what's to come for the for the entire rest of the show like she she always goes too far with them because they've you know if she doesn't they're gonna isolate her and she'll never see them and um you know i think the fact that lorelei was able to keep her cool for so long was yeah. amazing to me because she did finally snap um at the end she went to her hairdresser Right. And she told her, like, basically telling her, like, Rory is my kid and I'll make decisions. You know what I mean? Um, I think she just felt as trapped as she did when she was younger. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it must feel, it must be really hard to feel that way as an adult living your own life and your mother still controlling you. Like, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's like. It's it's like Lorelai had had a bandaid on the entire uh, like on the entire situation until she needed to go back to her parents for money for mm-hmm. Rory's school and it was like she was like she like she had she had to rip off the bandaid to ask them for money in the first place when it was like she like couldn't she was like wasn't yet ready to face everything else that the bandaid was covering yeah in terms of her relationship with her parents and like why she ran away and it's like for the viewer it's like right that's why she left I get it exactly. totally understand. Yeah, now I get it. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to live with that either. Nope. Um, we're also introduced to Paris in this episode. Yes. Um, yes. What were your first impressions? Well, funny you should ask, because the first time that I watched Gilmore Girls, I had no idea that the actress who plays Paris was even on that show. And at the time, I was watching How to Get Away with Murder, which mm-hmm. the actress stars on now in the present um and i hated her character at that time on that show so like okay. when i and the first and like i was watching the first time i saw that episode i was watching it and i was thinking is that her no i don't think it is but it looks like her and then by the time i got to the end of the episode i was like oh my gosh that's her younger oh my god yeah. i didn't know she was on the show and i was completely shook i was like oh my gosh i hate that i hate that actress on the show i'm watching now in the present day mm, let's see what let's see what she's like on this show and okay. as it turned out I ended up liking, I ended up like falling in love with that character on Gilmore Girls and it ended up making me like the actress more on How to Get Away with Murder. Okay, because I was going to ask, like, did you hate her in Gilmore Girls because you hated her on How to Get Away with Murder? I had that inclination, but then it didn't, it didn't end up happening because I think the character, like Paris herself is just like, like so many, so many different things. And it's kind of, it's kind of hard not to like love her, I think. Right. So um, in the first ever episode, like our introductory episode, I said that Paris was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I, yeah, I, I mean it. I'm not taking it back or whatever. But Paris was so mean in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's only because like, as I've as I've rewatched a bunch of times, it's like you it's like, you know, that Paris kind of softens with. Yeah, really sure. and, like, of course, I know where their relationship ends up. They're friends into their 30s. Yeah. Uh, 
like I get it it's fine um but I mean like she was so fuck off like bitch (laughs) yeah she was like she was so threatened by like just anybody and anybody coming in and throwing off her her status and her and in all and like her her all of her hard work to control and manipulate like her manipulate her way into what she what she wanted and what she needed to succeed and I think it's like it was, I think it, like Paris's story in, in the in the beginning was almost like that of like a bully almost where it's like yeah you, you kind of understand more and more as as time goes on why she's so mean and why she's so controlling and manipulative like that like it made like it it, it quickly look like it quickly comes in, into focus yeah for sure but I mean the first time we see her she steals Rory's file mm, yeah that's true uh, remember she gets it handed to her out the window she's reading yeah. it in the bushes. She's like, oh, why do they keep letting all these stupid kids in? Um, she she tells Rory, this school is my domain. The Franklin, which is the newspaper, is my domain. Like, relax, Paris. Yeah, and I think it's I think I think it's funny to watch, like, to go back and watch it, knowing knowing who Paris becomes later, because it's like mm-hmm. it's like shut up, Paris. So like you like you're like you, you're so like you know it's also you see through you see through the character so much because like later on she like has a complete like breakdown and. Become like just becomes a like a much softer person, but it's still like still so uptight. But in the beginning, yeah. it's like she's uptight and she's mean. Yeah, like, I remember thinking like, Paris, give it four years, you're gonna be using Rory as a crutch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, you know. Um, yeah, but it's always weird to go back season one and even season two. Like they they have a pretty while they're in high school, they have a pretty tumultuous relationship. Yeah, it's like back and forth, and then like I think I think it's in season three when all of a sudden she's like, "Don't ever talk to me again," because like you know she made some like some, something happened with Paris's boyfriend, and like she was Paris was just being very very melodramatic. I think I think Paris is always melodramatic. Paris from, like, is the, always um like cranked up to level ten. Yeah, she's like always high strung, like always, like even when she's happy, mm-hmm. she's just very extreme. I think I think I've always liked Paris because like I've always I've always kind of like seen a bit of a bit of myself in her in terms of like always being high strung and like always just like and always like, going to like the negative right away. Yeah, and like like, all, like sometimes. Yeah, like kind of like all I was three. Like, kind oh of, my like, god, what if we die? <laughs> exactly, like like high strung, pessimistic, and also just like overachiever. Basically, like all yeah. in one. Like I feel like that's three. I feel like those are like three three. Um, traits that I've always had so I probably that's probably why I I I fell in love with Paris very quickly Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get it but um yeah like I said it's just always weird going back and seeing that um because I do remember when I first watched it I was like I hate this girl oh yeah like I like I kind of like I think when I the when I was watching it the first time like it was it was a combination of oh my gosh that's the actress who I hate on another show Mm-hmm. in the present in the present day and then it was but it was like oh and she's also a bitch on this show but like that kind yeah. of fit. I, I remember I remember like that didn't last very long like that opinion in my head was like it like faded quickly because like you get like you get you get to know Paris very quickly like you like you, you can see through her very quickly yeah in the first season especially like when her like when her parents marriage kind of like falls apart and like the entire school is talking about it yeah 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 but then, of course, well, then she, it doesn't then she, take long for her to become um, like a lovable character where you're like, oh, I feel for her, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, but, she, has to, she has to go and be a bitch. And that in the episode where her parents' mar- marriage is falling apart, when she goes and tells the whole school that Lorelai and uh, Max, Max were, were kissing in the classroom. Yeah. 
We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, Paris, such yeah. a little. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, so one of the things I noticed, uh, when Headmaster Charleston is meeting with Rory in his office, mm-hmm. like looking through his fi- her file, and he's like, um, what are your aspirations in life? What is your goal in life? And it's the first time we hear that Rory wants to be, um, well, she says she wants to be Christiane Amanpour, right? but she wants to be a journalist. And he's like, oh, yeah, Christiane Amanpour, you don't want to be like one of the ladies on The View? <laughs> it's true. He does and it's say- like, oh, The View! <laughs> It's funny because as as I've mentioned several other times in our other conversations, like in 2000 when the when Gilmore Rose would have first started, like mm-hmm. the View would have been a to- was a totally different show than than it is now. Like yeah. in like at that point, the View would have been just like a little was just like a little like uh, morning talk show with like. But it women. was popular. It was popular, but it was it was it was it was not political at all. Like it was very like yeah. you know like. Um, just women-centric topics and like a like a like a a tame talk show for women in the morning. Like it, yeah, like it, it wasn't. It was not the fierce catfight um, political view that we know that we know today. Definitely yeah. not. So. But I remember him, when I when I rewatched it last week and he said that I was like, oh, how funny because I just finished um, uh, another side note, but I just finished uh, Ladies Who Punch, which is the. Um, the, I guess the tell-all. What do we call it? It's a tell. It's like a, it's yeah. It's a it's tell-all. It's kind of tell-all about the view. Um, and Jeffrey and I like talk about the view every day because um, it's so dramatic. <laughs> yes, it's it. Yeah, definitely. It's something. Um, but I I I never caught on the first time I watched it. But yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, just want a side note. Um. It's also the introduction of Tristan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that article that I mentioned last time about the BuzzFeed article, right? Yes, that's like 29 things that every Gilmore Girl fan knows to be true. Yeah, so number six on that list was, Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, it was Tristan was Rory's first true love. <laughs> that's a, okay, I'm gagging. Thank you. No, I yeah. could, no, that's wrong. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> Again, Buzz, um, what does BuzzFeed mean when they say things all? BuzzFeed, it was, BuzzFeed was compiling a list of things. So it's really um, uh, a user or a, a person like on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, social media, whatever that submitted that. Yeah, well, that person needs to get their head out of their ass. Thank you. Okay. Well, right. you're being a little Game of Thronesy right now. <laughs> okay. But, uh, that being said, I agree. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. Did she have, did I, do I think she had a crush on him at one point in time? Maybe. Maybe. Like, no more than, like, any teenage girl. Anywhere beyond that? No. (laughs) Like, I feel like, I feel like she had a crush on him the same amount that any, any teenage viewer had a crush on Chad Michael Murray. Like. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it went any further than that. Like, Um, no. And, like, in, in, in the character's defense, in like in Rory's defense, um, like the f- the first season was very teen melodrama, so yeah, very, we can't really take it too seriously. No, I know, but um, I don't know. My my opinion on the, on on Tristan shifts always, because when I was younger, I kind of wanted them to get together. Really. And that that could have been like you said, like a teenage 
heartthrob thingy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was more because I just didn't like Dean. Okay. So what is it about Dean in this stage that you don't like? Stupid hair. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it was really the fact that, listen, in the first season, it was just, like, it was her first boyfriend. And, I again, I didn't know what they had to talk about. I didn't know what they had in common. It was just weird for me. <laughs> yeah. But, like that, and that being said, I was also very young. So. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of, like, a, a common consensus among, like, the, like, the Dean versus Jess, even versus, like, or, or versus Logan, like, whatever like, the argument surrounding who was Rory's best boyfriend, like, I feel like anytime someone is defending anyone other than Dean, it's that, like, Rory and Dean had nothing to talk about, or Rory and Dean had nothing in common, and it's, like, I don't think it was, like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, they had nothing in common, I think it was just, like, you know, they liked each other, and it was, like, you know, puppy love, like, what else, like, it, like I don't think it was yeah, that. The reason they got back together two times and broke yeah. up three times, you know what I mean? Like, after a while, shit fizzles out if you have nothing to say to each other. Yeah, I think like in the first season, like what we're taught, like like where where we are now, like it's just it's more like, oh, cute boy likes her. Do I like him? Like he likes me. He likes he likes this about me. I like that about him. Like there's not like it's not it's really not that like lyrical or thought through at that stage. I don't think you know what I mean. No, and let me be clear. I didn't I didn't want her to get together with Tristan like au début au début. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Nobody speaks French. Well, we don't know if people speak French. Um. I didn't want them to get together, like, at the very first time I saw Tristan, like, first scene, and I was like, oh, my God, she must have him. Yeah. No. It was, like, later on when he started getting nicer, like, in season two. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, she broke up with Dean, like, maybe, you know. I, yeah, it's true. Like Maybe it was I, wishful thinking on my part, just because after they broke up, and we'll get to the breakup episode, like, we've devoted an entire episode of the podcast to the breakup episode. Yes, just you wait. But we'll get to that. But, like, the aftermath of the breakup, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, yeah, fuck Dean. She needs somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, in the first season, at least, I think Tristan was supposed to be the foil to Rory and, uh, Rory and Dean's relationship, right? Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, that was that was how it was written. And I think, um, I, don't, I, don't remember the, I, don't, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but I think, like, um like Chad Michael Murray was leaving Gil like had to leave Gilmore Girls to start One Tree Hill or something like I'm not yeah, sure he, he left but he essentially left Gilmore Girls to go to One Tree Hill yeah so like maybe if 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 you know One Tree Hill had never happened um yeah then, who knows it would have happened on Gilmore Girls yeah because I think because the actor had because the actor had to leave like had to leave and his character was written out so and and that happened like right at the beginning of season two, and then like a few episodes later, then Jess became the new foil to Rory and Dean's relationship. So it was like it was almost like you know Rory and Dean's relationship was always too perfect, and it was like they had to have some sort of like. I'm sorry, but do you not see similarities between Tristan and Jess? And like in terms of uh, like, mm, like yeah, like in terms of attitude and like. Like Jess was a shit disturber with Dean. He was always trying to fuck up their relationship. As was Tristan, so. Exactly. Jeff was, like, more on her level intellectually, and I don't see why Tristan wouldn't be if they were going to the same private school, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, like, mm, yeah, like, in terms of, in terms of attitude and in terms of, like, they both, they they both clearly liked Rory and, like, wanted to be a shit disturber to their relationship, I think they're probably the same, but, like, Tristan is a fuckboy, and Jess is not, in my opinion, so... 
we'll leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like you know, I, I don't, not to say that, like, Tristan is completely stupid, but, like, he was clearly just, like, a rich white boy who was at private school because he was a, a rich white boy, like, you oh, know. Oh, for like, sure, and listen, the writing didn't give us much to go off of, like, in terms of, like, his backstory or whatever no, it is, you like, know what they, I mean? Like, to be fair, they, yeah. they cl- like they clearly had more time to develop Jess's character than they had of to course, develop yeah, Kristen. So yeah, yeah. Hard, no, I get hard it. to compare, but still, I know I see what you mean. No, no, yeah. So that was just my thought. Uh, also, this Mary nickname that they give her. Yeah, that's a bit like. Mm, oh, <laughs> yeah, very, very like WB. Yeah. Teen, teen drama. <laughs> we'll move on to episode three. Episode three is Kill Me Now, right. um, where Rory goes, so plot of this episode, Rory has to pick a team sport for Chilton, and as she's rattling off her options, she says golf. Ah, uh, yes. And Emily's like, oh, your grandfather plays golf. He can teach you how to play golf. Yeah, and everyone at the table other than Emily is like, no, no, we don't, no, no, it's yeah. fine. I don't want to do that. It'll kill me now. Um, Richard doesn't want, Rory doesn't want, Lorelai certainly doesn't want. Yeah, that's, that's when, that's the episode that, um, there's a glimpse of in the, in the opening titles where Lorelai is forcing Emily into the kitchen to talk, or, like, into the other the room The living room, talk. Jeffrey. The living room, yes. Well, excuse me, at that point in the, in the, in the first season, uh, Richard and Emily's house was very different. They're going in opposite directions. Okay, well... Forgive me for not knowing the layout of their house or the which room they went into. <laughs> so, but like that, like that's when she, like Lorelai says, um, like mom, don't don't make them do this. Like neither of them want to do that, and it's like, yeah. and I think like I think by, I think but like in this in this in this instance, like it's it's showing how how Emily's controlling nature, kind of has an upside sometimes. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, because like by. Richard and Rory um, going golfing like they um, like they kind of they they bond in a way that they had they hadn't before and like that's kind of what solidifies them as like intellectual equals and friends sort of thing like that's what they maintain for the rest of the show. Yeah, because in the beginning, um, Richard's a little bit mean to Rory. Not mean, but like he's <laughs> a little bit short with her and he doesn't know what to say to her. And... He doesn't, doesn't he just say like, "Oh, she's tall." Yeah, you're a little Rory. <laughs> you're tall (laughs) yeah like no I think and that's not his fault right he didn't he didn't really have a relationship with his daughter and then he didn't get a chance to have a relationship with his granddaughter as normal grandparent grandparent granddaughter relationships go and so yeah he just doesn't know what to say to her Mm -hmm. so they're kind of forced together Mm -hmm. and um in the beginning it doesn't go well I do love in the pilot episode when they're both sitting on the couch and Richard just like inexplicably hands her part of the paper. paper. Yes. They're both quiet, like just sit and read. Don't and don't don't even Don't engage with your mother and your grandmother. Yeah. Don't engage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they go to the club and they're golfing and Richard soon finds out that, huh, maybe talking to my granddaughter isn't all that shitty because she's really interesting and he sees how smart she is, I think, for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, she sees that he sees that she has ambition, that she wants to do things, that she wants to go places in life. And I always got the impression in this episode, first of all, this is one of my favorite episodes in season one. Right. Um, I think because that beautiful relationship between granddaughter and grandfather is starting to like bloom. Yeah. Um, and I miss my grandfather very, very much. <laughs> um 
But yeah, so this is one of my favorite episodes. And I love how by the end, not even by the end, like halfway through their golfing trip, um, Richard sees some of his friends in the club. Yeah. And he's like, uh, Rory's a top student. She has a 4.0 grade point average. Like, and he's just so proud of her right away. You know, like it only took a little conversation to make him proud of her. I think like I think you I think you see that journey like that quick journey throughout the episode because like in the beginning when when they're waiting when um Richard and Emily are waiting for Roy to get there to go yeah, golf he's like, she's late and yeah and she's and he's and he makes he makes some comment about how she, she's a teenage girl who who would rather be at the mall and like yeah exactly that, that just shows you that just shows you right there like how much Richard does not know Rory at that point because like mm-hmm. Rory is not a girl who would rather be at the mall no she'd rather be at home reading like exactly <laughs> so I think it's like in that short time they spend golfing and where Rory can't golf so yeah. um I think they, they fuck golf <laughs> yeah it's true it's not a sport it's not N- not really we're going to lose golf fans, too. Beyonce fans and golf fans are not going to listen to us now. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I think the reason I love that episode so much is because I think you kind of see that um, Richard's kind of getting a do-over. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think he got the relationship that he wanted with Lorelai. No, he didn't. Um, because he was working so much and he was trying to provide for his family. And then he sees that he could have this with Rory. And I think he's kind of coming to the realization that Rory's not as much like her mother as he thought. Yeah. I think Rory is more like Richard than she is. Laura. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe before that we're reading so much into this, but maybe <laughs> I think maybe before that Richard was like, Oh, this girl is my daughter's daughter. She's going to think like my daughter not wanting anything to do with us and like be snooty like my daughter and whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think he realizes that, like, no, Rory's just a sweet kid who wants to get to know her grandparents, too. And, um, you know, is is not as, as complicated as I think his daughter is. You know what I mean? Yeah. He finds out very quickly that, like, like you said, like, Rory is not like Lorelai. And he probably had been expecting Lorelai's daughter to be like raised just to be just like Lorelai and like like be a little shit disturber like she was basically yeah and then he finds out oh wait she's not like that at all she's bookish she um you know she has like big dreams she is more like and is kind of much more and much more of an intellectual than Lorelai is yeah um and then Lorelai doesn't like the fact that Rory had such a good time at the club with her grandfather. Yeah, it's the first it's the first glimpse of the anxiety that Lorelai has towards Rory getting too close to her parents' way of life. Yeah. And I think she really um they get into an argument. Um and I feel like she really projects her own feelings on her daughter. Yeah, as she as she will do for many seasons to come. Oh, for sure. But it's the first time, really, that we see that. And like you yeah. said, it was a good way to put it, that anxiety that she has. Um, basically, she tells her... Uh, they get into one of the stupidest fights that I've ever... I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> do you remember the fight? I don't. Okay, so the fight... Um, I mean, I probably do once you, once you say it. Yeah, so basically the fight was they're sitting outside... And um, Lorelai says to Rory, 
because I guess Lorelai has this anxiety that her, her grand, her, not her grandparents, her parents are like sinking their claws into her daughter and she doesn't want that. She's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, since you went golfing with your grandfather, I think I can get us at a Friday night dinner this week. Yeah, that, yeah, I remember that. And then Rory's like, oh, no, it's okay. I have to get a book from him anyways. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cause too much trouble. So then Lorelai is kind of sensing that, like, yeah, she wants to go to Friday night dinner now, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. she wants to see her grandparents. And so she's like, oh, okay. And then she looks at her and she's like, is that my sweater? Yeah, I remember that. She's like, like, okay, sorry. Basically, she's like, you take my sweaters and you stretch them out. She's like, how do I stretch them out? She's like, well, your boobs are way bigger than mine. She's like, you're crazy. And, like, that's why they get into an argument, basically, because she says her boobs are way bigger than hers. Yeah, I think, I think that's also a glimpse, in, a first glimpse into how, like, Lorelai's is still very much emotionally immature. So yes, like, and kind of petty sometimes. Yeah, oh, definitely. But, like, but can I just say, um, I have gotten into a lot of arguments with my mother over the years. <laughs> like thousands of arguments with my mother over the years, as I'm sure a lot of daughters and mothers um, have. And most mothers and daughters, I would, I would assume. Yeah. I, I think that's a safe bet. Uh, This argument seems really crazy. Like your, your boobs are way bigger than mine. But (laughs) as I was listening to it, I'm like, Oh my God, this is the shittiest argument ever. But then I was like, honestly, I feel like I've, I've gotten mad at my mother for similarly stupid stuff. Yeah, and vice like, versa. Yeah, it's like she was like picking up picking an argument over something else because she she didn't want to actually come out and say what was bothering her. It's very rarely about a sweater or <laughs> um like my mother breathing too loud or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's very rarely about that. Yeah. Um, I think most mothers and daughters have a hard time um communicating sometimes. So I was like, I can definitely see what my mother and I having an argument like this. Yeah, it was like. Like it, and it was more, and I think it was more geared towards like Lorelai not knowing how to handle this newfound, this newfound uh, need or or desire that Rory suddenly has towards wanting to spend time with her grandparents because like she's like, and for the first sixteen years of Rory's life, it was always her and her and Rory not con- not having any contact with them, right? So yeah. like all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I never, I never considered the fact that you might actually like spending time with them. Like, well, that's what she says at the end. There's a wedding at the end and she's, she tries to make up with Rory and she says, you know, I, I didn't raise you with the, you know, the country clubs and the, 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 the gowns and whatever, but I never, I never thought that maybe I never stopped to think that maybe you would have wanted that mm-hmm. or you would have enjoyed that life kind of thing. Um, and it's true. She never really, not asked, but she never really got to know if her daughter wanted to have any kind of relationship with her grandparents, you know? Yeah. I think it was, it was, it was prompted by like, uh, like Lorelai was watching like another mother and little girl, um, like having, like having a fight over her dress, not being straight or like she wasn't sitting, like she wasn't sitting properly yeah. or something. And, and, uh, Lorelai says like, oh, I must have like a hundred, a hundred dresses like that when I was a kid. And then she realizes like, you know, I was raised. I was raised in that world, and I didn't like it. And I've spent and I've spent all these years running from that world, and and you know, creating such such a protective bubble around never returning to it. Now it's like I never I never stopped to think that like you're my daughter. You might you might have other you know wants and needs than I thought. You know. Yeah, and I think um like it's too soon 
episode three, it's too soon in the series to know this. But I think it becomes more and more obvious as time goes on in the series that Rory really fits into that world. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's um, not... Like, Rory has two sides to her, you know what I mean? She has the small-town girl who's, like, perfectly content, staying home, reading with her, like, small-town friends, whatever. But she fits re- she fits in really, really well with, like, the Yale crowd and her grandparents' um, friends and, like, the trust fund babies. And yeah. <laughs> she certainly benefits from um, her grandparents' social influence, you know? Yeah, like it's like that's why I say like it's the first glimpse into into Lorelai's anxiety towards yeah. that because like you can totally tell that like this is you know a foreshadow into exactly. just into something else and it's like I think and I think we only ever you know kind of reach that peak of uh, tension like at the end of season five into season six when you know Rory officially like moves into. Uh, Richard and Emily's house and therefore moves into their world permanent or like somewhat permanently so it's like there would always there was always there would always kind of been that question mark of you know you know Rory fits remarkably well into both these worlds but like Lorelai is, de- is definitely not in that world anymore so it's like yeah. you know it was like it was like battle lines were battle lines were made but it was like they were never crossed until six, five seasons in yeah I think it's just the beginning of like Lorelai's trouble with um like trying to reconcile having a relationship with her parents while also keeping a relationship with her daughter that's separate from that life you know um but yeah. it's hard it's hard yeah it is hard and I think I think we see I think we see as the show goes on like Lorelai was never against having no relationship with her parents it was just that, like they were so fundamentally different mm-hmm. that like it wasn't it was just too hard to put in like not you know hard it was like it wasn't it wasn't worth Lorelai's time or effort to you know maintain a relationship and it was was only once there was like the necessity of Friday night dinners or like seeing them regularly that she realized okay like I could have a relationship with you and then you know but then the the next episode something else happens and we're back to the status quo like it's like that's like that to me is like what makes the show like so strong in terms of like family dynamic that like, it, it never like it never wavers in terms of um like people people being themselves like yeah you know what I mean yeah no I get it and that brings me to something that Emily said um in the third episode when Lorelai is trying to get when Lorelai kind of pushes her into the living room and says can I talk to you and tries to get Rory out of golfing with her grandfather yes the um, living room not kitchen Yes, her living room. Um, Emily says something that really, like, um, you know, made an impression on me. She was like, you know, I thought I was the only controlling one in this family. Mm-hmm. And Lorla was like, I'm not being controlling. And she's like, yeah, you are. You're controlling your daughter's life right now. Like, what if she doesn't want to go? You never even asked her and this and that. And then Emily says what I think we all think. And that um, I guess we're not that different after all, you know, you and I. Yeah, it's true. Like, cause they're not like they're like they're di- like they're they're fundamentally different, but like you can like the family resemblance is still there. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you can like you can you can cut off contact. You can cut off just about every other form of like you know relationship that you, that exists. But like you can't you can't like remove their blood from your from your genes. Nope. You know what I mean? No. Nope. So. And I think um I think that for me summed up the episode completely. Like, um, you know, Lorelai's 
Lorelai's scared that Rory is going to fit in better in Emily and Richard's world. And Emily is scared that Rory is too far gone into Lorelai's world and she'll never have a relationship with her. Um, I think the episode was very fear driven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's very like it's it's the first real glimpse into like this a, a general a general sense of anxiety that that's pretty much going to be in the show for the next you know five and a half seasons. Yeah, and um, this episode we saw a little bit more of Michelle. Mm, true. Just to is, end. Is up. this when is this when he? Is freaking out over swans? Yes. So um, there's a wedding. There's a big wedding at the inn. And they <laughs> ordered swans. And yes. Michel says that he hates swans. Because when he was a boy in the Luxembourg Gardens. He was <laughs> oh <my> by swans. <laughs> and Alex Borstein as Drella says, of course he is. He's French. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> but the one thing I wanted to end on, just because I found it really, really funny. Do you remember? Um, so there was two brides for this wedding. They were twins. They were twin sisters, identical twin sisters for this wedding. Right. And remember that their grooms were identical twin brothers. Right. That's very creepy. Yeah, that's 100% creepy. So Suki um, ends up asking a question to Michelle and Lorelai. And she says, just go with me on this. Let's say Matt, one of the guys' name was Matt, walks (laughs) into a hotel room and he sees his wife naked on a bed. And they sleep together, but then it's not his wife, it's his sister-in-law. Is that technically cheating? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's, like, a weird... I'm just, like, I'm so confused. What? <laughs> like, that's, a, that's just a very weird thing thing to contemplate. Like, ugh. Yeah, but I kind of wanted to know what you think. I mean, like, I it is cheating. <laughs> like, it's, you know, probably not intentional, so... Lorna's answer was no. Like it's or uh, I said no, and then Suki was like, "Oh, lucky." <laughs> like it's 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 yeah, it's 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 well creepy again, but like I don't know. That's very it, and it's weird because like twins have like come to be almost like a cliche in fiction in terms of like all the, all the different scenarios you can think up, you know, twisty things that can happen with twins yeah, and like there's flowers in the attic. Oh yes, definitely. It's like it's I mean. I don't think it's cheating. I mean, it is cheating, but, like, I don't think it's, like... I'm sorry. If both of you didn't know that you were sleeping with your spouse... That's... Yeah. Like, obviously, like, you should know. Like, you know, identical twins are identical, but, like, you could... Yeah, listen, I don't care how identical you are. Um, That's your wife or or your husband. Yeah. You should be able to tell which... You know, like, you should be able to tell apart your, your, uh, like, your sister... your, Your wife from her twin sister. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> also, who has a joint wedding? Especially when you're twins. Like, that's just like, eh, oh boy. I don't know. I've, I mean, actually, I've actually never seen a joint wedding in real life. I've only seen joint weddings on, like, TV shows or in movies. Yeah, like, I don't think or... they actually happen. <laughs> I think it's just, like, I think it's something a that, like, the fiction community got together to, like, fuck us up with. Yeah, it's like, and, and the same thing with twins. Like, I don't think such twisty things happen with twins in real life either like uh, maybe that it's, I think more so happens may, like but still like it's it's still like it's folklore it's like it's it's you know what I mean like it's not mm, it's, I think you'd be surprised okay maybe maybe, maybe we, we won't look under that rock yeah I'm just thinking of the scene in fangirl the book fangirl by Rainbow yes. Rowell oh right yes and, they, and yeah they're, well, that's way off topic but anyways 
Um, Jeffrey, tell everybody our Twitter, our Instagram, our blog. Yes, our Twitter handle is Gilmore Podcast. Our Instagram uh, handle is Gilmore Girls Podcast. And our blog can be found at gilmoregirlspodcast.blogspot.com. So there you have it. That's how to get in touch with us. We'd love for you to get in touch with us. Yes. Um, us. Let us know. Is it yeah. cheating? Is it cheating? Um, I'm just so curious now. Are we can Are we canceled for hating golf, Beyonce, and Game of Thrones? Let us know. Probably. We alienated, <laughs> we alienated and, the entire world. Yes, and if the answer is yes, then uh, that's it for it us. We, we won't ever hear from yes. You won't ever hear from us again. Um, if not, then you'll hear from us again sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, take care, everybody. <laughs> Bye.